the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, Pastor Dale here. I want to encourage you to be with us this Easter. We have some exciting things planned, including an epic Easter presentation that you don't want to miss, along with a number of Easter services. And the best way to stay up with all the information to get plugged in for Easter is to go to our website, our Easter website, RedeemerEaster.com, RedeemerEaster.com. Don't miss Easter at Redeemer this year. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. At the second coming of Jesus Christ, something incredible is going to happen. The dead in Christ will rise, and the believers who are are alive will meet Jesus in the air. When Christ comes back again, there's going to be, yes, a cataclysmic moment from the world's perspective, but also it it will be a glorious moment because the Bible says those who've died before Jesus came back again, they're going to be raised from their graves, and those who alive when Jesus comes back again will be caught up together with the Lord in the air. This is very clear in scripture for Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. It doesn't say he might come down. It says he will come down. There's that promise. With a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And notice this. What will happen when he comes? And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. And then Paul adds these words, therefore encourage one another with these words. Paul says, as you look forward to that time when Jesus comes back again, you need to know something is going to transpire. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, and those of us who are alive will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the air as is coming. We're greeting the king as he comes back to this earth again. Amen. I'm looking forward to the fact that whether I'm dead in Christ or alive when he comes, I'm going to be a party that welcomes the king when he comes back again. Amen. You're going to be his welcoming party. Can anybody say hallelujah? Aren't you glad to be a part of the welcoming party? But that applies to believers. That applies to believers. Second thing, the final day begins the final judgment of all people of all ages, the living and the dead. And so when Christ comes back again, what happens to the dead in Christ? They rise. What happens to those who are alive when he comes? We're caught up as a welcoming party to meet the Lord in the air. And that sets in motion the last day, which begins the process of judgment for the world, for all the living and for all the dead. Because the world as we have known it will have now come to a conclusion. 
Whatever decisions were going to be made for relationship with God would have been made by this particular time, and decision time is over with because the world and history as we've known it has come to its conclusion, and now a new age is going to begin. And the coming of Jesus begins this final judgment. There are two judgments that you need to be aware of that will happen on the final day. The first judgment that will happen on that final day that will be set in motion on that final day is the great white throne judgment. And I'm going to talk about both of these in just a moment. The second judgment that will be set in motion on that day when Jesus comes back again is the judgment seat of Christ. So the great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. Say those with me. The great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. Now let's talk about this final judgment. Let's talk first of all about the great white throne judgment. If you're a believer in Jesus, you don't need to worry about this judgment. Jesus already took it for you. Okay. Got a little amen, a little shuffling around. Okay. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to worry about the great white throne judgment. Jesus faced it for you on the cross of Calvary, okay? And if you're a follower of Jesus, that one is out of the way. That's a judgment for those who've not received the gift of salvation. They've rejected relationship with God. Jesus himself talks about this in Matthew chapter 25. Listen to the words of Jesus. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, when he comes, not if he comes, but when he comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So the great white throne judgment is the moment when the sheep are separated from the goats. Aren't you glad that you're a sheep? Okay. Aren't you glad that Jesus took the goat out of you? Amen. Okay. You used to be a goat before you met Jesus, right? That's why the Bible says if we're in Christ, we're a new creation. All things pass away. Some of you have a little bit of goat still in you, okay? We all do, don't we, just from time to time. But thank God that through the blood of Jesus, we've been washed and cleansed, and we've been brought into the family of God, and we've been brought into the kingdom of God. And so we're not a part of the goat group. We're a part of the sheep group, if you know Jesus. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know me. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. In the book of Revelation, this great white throne judgment is described as well. Chapter 20 of this great book of Revelation. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place uh, for them. And I saw the dead, great and small. John is seeing this vision, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. 
the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and, and, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death, the first death being natural death, second death being spiritual death for eternity. Anyone whose name, look at verse 15, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You need to understand that there's one book your name needs to be in. There's one reservation that needs to be settled in your life. You need to make sure that your name is in the book of life. If you were to be able to go to heaven right now and see that book and flip over through the O's, there's an O Shields by the name of Dale somewhere there because as a seven-year-old little boy, I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life, and I know my name is in that book. My name's not in that book because of anything good I've done, not of any merit that I have, not of any great things that I've accomplished in my life. My name's not in that book because I'm a pastor. My name is not in that book because I go to church or love the church. My name is in that book because Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He shed his blood so I could be washed and cleansed. And by faith in him, I have entrance into eternity. And when I accepted Christ into my life, just as you have done perhaps, He wrote your name in the book of life. And if your name is in that book, that's the only reservation you need for eternity. It's the only reservation you need. Separating the sheep from the goats, the great white throne judgment. You need not fear the great white throne judgment because Jesus already took that for you on the cross. He paid the penalty for your sins. But there is a judgment for us as believers. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is described in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, or excuse me, verse 10. For we must all appear, now by the way, before I read this, Paul is talking to Christians here. He's writing to the Christian believers in the church in Corinth. So it's not addressed to unbelievers, it's addressed to those of us who are Christians. For we, that is as believers in Christ, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Having received Jesus as Lord of our life, we have a responsibility, having received the gift of salvation and the gift of grace, to have done something with it in our lives. Okay? Are you hearing me? Okay. You don't make your way into heaven by good works, but having received salvation by grace... That grace is, is designed to produce good works in you. Amen. That God wants you to now use your life as a believer for the advance of his kingdom. And one day we're going to stand before Jesus and we're going to give an account for what we've done with a gift given to us. You might recall a story, Matthew chapter 25, of the master that called three of his servants in. And he to one man he gave five bags of gold, to another man two, to another one. He goes away on a long journey. You can read this in Matthew 25. He comes back and they come and he's basically saying, what did you do with what I gave you? And the man with five bags of gold said, well, I took what you gave me and now I have 10 bags. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. The man with two turns it into four bags. Well done, good and faithful servant. Now here's what he also said. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. You've been faithful with a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. So we see that God desires for us to do something with the gift of salvation that's been given to us. 
your doing something doesn't get you to heaven. It doesn't save you. But having been saved, God expects you to grow. God expects you to serve. God expects you to give for the advance of his kingdom. And that's why you hear us at church all the time encouraging you to get into classes and learn your Bible. Not because we're just trying to get lots of numbers in a class. We want you to grow as a Christian. Why? Because one day you're going to stand before Jesus and give an account of your life. That's why we try to get you to serve. Why? Because the church needs us to serve. No, the church is not about getting you to serve because we need you to serve. You need to serve because you need to use the gifts that God has given you so that you can stand before him one day. He's going to say, what did you do with the gifts that I gave you? What did you do with the grace that I poured out upon you? And you say, well, I didn't do anything. I sat on the pew for 45 years. I heard a lot of good sermons, Jesus. And that's not going to impress him. What he's going to say is, what did you do with what I gave you? How did you steward those gifts? Were you a giver? Did you advance the purposes of the kingdom? And that's why we encourage you to get get involved in the growth of your spiritual journey in serving God. Because one day, every one of us will stand before God and we will give an account of our lives before him. And Jesus graciously... And God the Father will graciously extend rewards to those who have diligently served Him. But understand that you and I, and I'm going to talk more about this, Lord willing, next week. My message, entitled, my message title for next week is How to Prepare for Your Day in Court. Okay, so I'm going to help you get ready okay, for your day in court next week, all right? So you'll know how to be ready uh, for that moment in your life. Number three. Everybody still with me so far? Number three. What are we learning about the end times? Jesus comes back again, sets in motion the judgment. How many judgments are there? Great white throne judgment for the sheep and the goats. Sheep don't have to worry about it. And then there's the judgment seat of Christ. And number three, a new heaven and a new earth will be created. Jesus will create in that moment in time as a part of this process of judgment as that judgment is coming to a conclusion, some will say, well, how in the world will every person ever been, be judged and have time before God? Listen, we have eternity. I promise you, you'll have your time on the judge's docket. I promise you, okay? And there will be this moment that there will be the creation of a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And while history as we've known it as, as the world that we've known it, it's going to come to an end. It's not going to be the end because God has an eternal plan for those who are His. If you belong to Him, there's an eternal plan. Listen to Revelation chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. John, again writing here, says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or crying or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne, this is referring to Jesus, said, I am making everything 
knew. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, I, I am. He said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the springs of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. John says, I saw that God created this thing called a new heaven and a new earth. Peter refers to it in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Now let's think about this for a moment. Who created the world that we're in today? God created it. But what happened to the world that we're in today it was corrupted by sin, correct? Okay. Before Adam and Eve sinned against God and rejected God and rejected God's command in their life, the, the, we, the world was a paradise. There was no curse in the world. But as soon as Adam and Eve disobeyed God, not only did they experience curse, but the world experienced a curse. That's why when you farm or when you plant a garden, you have to do that terrible thing called pulling up weeds. Why? Because weeds are a part of the curse. Have you ever noticed the weeds grow faster than your tomatoes, okay? And that's a part of a cursed world in which we live. But when Jesus comes back again, that curse is going to be removed and the world will be in its beautiful splendor made brand new again. It will be the paradise that you cannot even imagine. Do you know that the world itself, even creation, is waiting for that day? Take a look with me at Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 22. For all creation, the trees, the flowers, the plants, the animals, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are against, against its will. All creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So Jesus comes back again. The judgments are established. The great white throne judgment. The judgment seat of Christ. And then there's a creation of a new heaven and a new earth that transpires. So don't think that you're getting away from earth. There's just going to be a new heaven and a new earth. A molding together of heaven and earth. Just like Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. A molding together. Truly heaven on earth and earth and heaven molded together. I'm going to answer you some of your questions about what is heaven going to really be like. New combined heaven and earth will be our forever home. New combined heaven and earth will be our forever home. We will have new, very real, and forever bodies. Just talked about that. That's going to be real, okay? Not some phony little body or fake body. No, you're going to have a real body, spiritual body, but nevertheless a real body. In heaven, you're going to have very real, meaningful relationships, You'll have friends in heaven. And guess what? You'll have real friends in heaven. You'll have better friends in heaven than you've ever had on earth. Because a lot of us, how many of you know you can't always count on your friends down here? Sometimes your friends will stab you in the back or they'll talk about you behind your back. And you're not quite always sure who you can trust. But when you get to heaven, all that sin has been removed. And all that garbage that happens to the corruption of mankind and relationships, it's gone away. You're going to have friends in heaven, real friends in heaven. 
You'll have friendships with those that you've known here on earth, that you've spent time with, family members who've gone before you, who knew Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. And I talked about a few weeks ago, you're going to get to see Moses and Abraham and all these folks. You're going to be, you'll truly have the opportunity of interacting in real ways with real relationships in heaven. You'll also enjoy meaningful activities there. You're not just going to float around. There'll be activities. There'll be work that we'll do, but not the work that wearies us, the work that fulfills us. Have you ever noticed before that in their times, some work will wear you out. Other works energizes you because it's something you're passionate about, something you enjoy doing. And so we will have activity that will be meaningful and enjoyable. We're going to continue to expand our learn and expand our knowledge. You see, God will give us, there's, I mean, just imagine how we can expand our thinking and expand our knowledge and our understanding throughout the eons of eternity. And so there's an ever-increasing capacity to learn. You're not going to be sort of stuck as a, as a, in your, your, your mental state that you're in now. No, you'll be free and able to learn and grow. It's also likely that the new heaven and the new earth will be populated with animals that are enjoyed. Somebody said, will my dog go to heaven? Will my dog go to heaven? Well, your dog might. Not sure about your cat, but your dog might, okay? okay so. No, don't send me any emails, all you cat lovers out there, okay? I'm joking, okay? I'm joking. That was not original with me. I heard somebody else say it, so I'm just passing on what I heard, okay? That's all I'm doing, just passing on what I heard, okay? But the Bible talks about the lion and the lamb laying down together. The Bible talks about the horses in heaven. The Bible talks about all kinds. I mean, who created animals? Will your favorite pet be there? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I have no idea. I mean, we don't know for sure, but it's not going to surprise. It certainly would not surprise me to see animals populating heaven. Actually, we're not just going to be heaven. It's earth, too, because there's a new heaven and a new earth that will transpire. So we have to change our thinking about all of this. And also there will be nothing dull or boring about eternity. Amen? Nothing dull, nothing boring about eternity. 1 Corinthians 2.9, however, it is, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. 
The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word and make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hi, Pastor Dale here. I want to encourage you to be with us this Easter. We have some exciting things planned, including an epic Easter presentation that you don't want to miss, along with a number of Easter services. And the best way to stay up with all the information to get plugged in for Easter is to go to our website, our Easter website, RedeemerEaster.com, RedeemerEaster.com. Don't miss Easter at Redeemer this year. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.